The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Well, good morning, everyone. As you already know, Pastor John's not here. I'm getting the ball going today. So, um, can I pray for us before we start? Lord Jesus, you are so good. Father, I, I am just a vessel. Father, if you want me to be a shovel or a rake, I pray that my heart would be all that you want me to be. Give us time to dig a hole speak your word, and we will pray, Father, your word tells us if we are going to serve the Lord, we can serve the Lord not with our ability, but your word says with the ability you have. And if we're going to speak, your word tells us that we should speak as if we're speaking the very words of God. And so, Father, as we, I don't want to get this up about me or what I have to say, so, Father, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, Father, that your word of God would penetrate the hearts, as your word tells us that it does in Hebrews, that it can cut and pierce and divide to the heart. So I pray that we would listen, we would be ready to hear your word, and that we would leave this place more like you. Father, thank you, Jesus, uh, just for me having the opportunity to be here and to present the truth. I said John was sick, and he called me, uh, it was Friday night, and said there's a possibility I might not be there if I don't feel better, so I'm going to reach out to David and see if he can preach near the bathroom. I'm kidding. All right. So I just began praying and asking the Lord, shoot, in three days, what am I going to talk about? I said, hey, am I still the backup or what? On Saturday, he goes, you're the guy. I said, all right, whatever I say. So last night I just got on my knees and and I said, Lord, what what do you want me to teach? What do I need to I'm not gonna sit here and just read God's word because we should tremble at this book because this book is powerful. As you guys see my Bible, it's my Bible. This is my kids' Bible. So this is the one I try to get a new Bible and read through it and it's it's new, so it's I like to color and draw and I have dyslexia, so it helps me to highlight things, make things different colors. God speaks to me through these pages, and it's awesome when I go to a new Bible, and I'm like, oh, dude, I didn't see that before, but now it just pops out so so fresh. And so right now, I've been reading through the book of Psalms, and, and I heard a pastor say one time, you don't go to the Word, you don't go to the Scriptures and find a sermon. That's the wrong way to go to the Bible. He says, you go to the Word to meet the Master. And when you go to the Word to meet the Master, He'll give you a sermon. So I was like, Lord, I've been with the Master. I've had coffee with you this morning, but I still don't know what I'm supposed to say, you know. And um, so instead of recreating the wheel, I thought, you know, what have I been reading this week? And so I, I called Mason, or he called me about 8, or texted me about 8.30 and says, so what are you teaching on? And I said, I don't know yet. I said, it's going to either be Psalms 130 or 136. That's what I've been reading this week and regurgitating and spitting out and just having that run across my mind, those passages there. And just there's so much there that uh, I was like, I could go either way, but God just enriching my life. So uh, I decided to go with 130. If you have your Bibles with me, turn with me to Psalms 130. I'm reading out of a different version. Uh, this is a kid's version, but uh, if you have ESV or something else, you can have it. The words will be up on the screen. So. I'm going to read the whole text. It's uh, 48 verses. Just kidding. It's just me. So, but it's good. 
All right, so it says this. It says, I call to you, Lord. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm got so many scribbles, I couldn't see the words. It starts up here, actually. Out of the depths, I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness, so that you may be revered. Wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful, his love is faithful with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance, and he will redeem Israel for all its iniquities. So as I was reading that text, and I, I, there were some things in there that I remember from reading it several other times, and as like I said, this was a new section that I didn't get a markup yet, and it, I just started coloring and drawing things, and the Lord was speaking to my heart, and Typically, I preach out of a different Bible, but I was like, well, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, so I'm just going to go off my notes and what the Lord was speaking to me about. And uh, so it may be new as it's rolling off my tongue this morning. But I will first wanted to start this psalm. If you didn't know, this was a big favorite of a lot of fathers before us, if you will. One of them was John Calvin. This was one of his favorite psalms. Augustine was one of his. Wesley, you guys are familiar with Wesley. Luther, Martin Luther, this was a favorite psalm to them, and I'm kind of going to give some background of why. Actually, Wesley, if you didn't know, he was a pastor, and while he was a pastor, he came to know Jesus. You guys know that? That's kind of crazy. He was a pastor, but he didn't walk in the truth and understand the truth until this guy named Martin Luther did something amazing. Anybody know what he did? Anybody shout it out? No, you got it. He nailed something on the door. Anybody know? It's called the Refer Reformation. And he said, you know, I am no longer going to follow those ways and pursue God's word in its entirety and realizing that grace is what it's about. It's not about doing a bunch of legalistic things and following the law. So he says this. This is really crazy. I wrote this down so I wouldn't say it wrong in, in some of my studying. It says this, Wesley, as he was leaving this place, he was struck by what Martin Luther said, by everything that he was talking about this text. And as he was leaving to go to this place, uh, which was in London, he was going to the, how do I say this word? The big church building, what's that called? The cathedral, that's what it's called. Uh, he went to the big cathedral. And as he walked in and he heard them worshiping God, they were quoting, chanting Psalms 130. And he's heard it, but this statement that was said just resonated his heart. And I didn't really grab that the first time I read this until I went at another time and studied. And I remembered that I was reading, like, yeah, that's, that's what he's talking about here. And it says this in verse 3. It says, Lord, if you kept an account of my iniquities... Lord, who could stand? Earlier that day, he heard Martin Luther preaching on this text and talking about it. And 
He said, who am I that I could stand before you, a whole, mighty, holy God, and that you don't give me power? And he said to himself, I'm a sinner. And finally, he grabbed and understand the idea of grace, that it wasn't something he was given or deserved, but it was freely given. Understood that, grasped that. So this guy that kind of sets forth, Martin Luther wrote actually a psalm about it. Uh, not a psalm, but a, a song about it. And I'm going to sing it for you. Not really, I'm not a good singer, so I'm not going to sing it. But I just want to read a part of this, and then we're going to kind of dig into this text. It says this. This is the first part of the song that Martin Luther wrote, and it's called From the Depths of Woe. And it's kind of, it's been rewritten because it's been kind of modern, but the lyrics are the same, so says, from the depths of my woe, I rise to thee, the voice of lamentation. Lord, turn a gracious ear to me, and hear my supplication, for though ignite, dost mark. I'm sorry, it says, <laughs> if though iniquities dost mark, our secret sins deceive dark. With my dyslexia, I sometimes mess up words, but really what it's saying is this long list of sin records, and it's being written down and recorded, and the secret sins, if we were to be honest, I find myself having secret sins that we just do in the dark that maybe nobody knows, or maybe if if I'm driving my car, I could listen to this music. My son really convicted my heart the other day, and he goes, Dad, you're wrong with listen to that music when you're in the car, it's usually by myself, and I think I'm a, a good, strong Christian that I just kind of tune it out. And he goes, Dad, you watch movies with bad words in them, is that wrong? I said, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm good enough, I'm a strong Christian that I, I tune that out, I just let it go by. And that doesn't bother me. But Dad, don't you watch movies that maybe have a little sex or something in it? Yeah, but I tune that out and that doesn't bother me. And that was just my answer because I was very convicted. And I didn't want to say, yeah, you're right and I'm wrong. So those secret sins that we think it might be okay to do, why do we just pacify it and say it's okay? And I had to look at my son and say, Evan, I mean, Trey, you're right. These are really good questions and I thank you that you're holding me accountable to ask these things. And yeah, it's behind a closed door where your mom and I, we might watch a rated R movie and I turn an eye if I see something I shouldn't see. But why am I even seeing it? And if I won't let my little kids see it, or as my teenagers are getting older, still say, hey, you can't go watch that. Why am I watching it? And I just was convicted with that and thinking about this passage when he starts out and he says, out of the depths... I call to you, Lord. When we think of the depths, throughout Scripture we see that the psalmist, and throughout Scripture we see talks about the depths of the water. Obviously we think of the Israelites. They had to cross through the Red Sea, and the waters 
just we can go Jonah, we could just go on and on about the water. Mason, did you find a picture for me? If not, that's okay. Okay. Um, on short notice, give him the, hey, can you find these things? Can you find these? And uh, he's not going to find it. But picture this with me. Have you been to the beach before? Raise your hand. All right. So have you ever stood in the water and the, sh- the wave comes, crashes you over? You're not way out there. You're just kind of at the, where the water just meets the water, the, the land, right? And it just kind of washes over you and then goes back and forth. What happens to your body? Somebody shout it out. You what? You get kind of pulled, but what happens to your feet? They start to sink. As you're sitting there and the waves are coming and going and coming and going, you start to sink into the miry dirt or sand or whatever you want to call it. That if you stay there for a long time, it's what? It's a little hard to get out, right? So we kind of can picture this. Sometimes it says this. Out of the depths, I call from you. I had a place where I feel like I'm stuck and I really can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, here comes this big wave that I wasn't ready for. And I'm just, I'm just crushed over. I remember having my little boy at the time when Evan, the first time he went to the water, and it just took a second. I just kind of turned around and where'd he go? He was already washed up and the water was taking him away. It's just that fast. Sometimes we feel like the junk and the songs were so great that God kind of orchestrated our music to go along with the lesson because sometimes we get at this place where we feel like we can't hold it. I'm overwhelmed and there's just so much that's holding me down that I can't go. And he says in verse two, Lord, listen to my voice. Let my ears be attentive to you. Are you hearing me? I'm crying out, Lord. But he says real quick in verse three, he says, you know what? Even though I'm stuck and I'm waiting and we're going to get to that, he recalls and remembers what a mighty God he has. Even though he's stuck, even though he's in the situation he's in, maybe you're in a situation that you're facing right now, you just feel overwhelmed, but we need to remember the promises of God. And the most important promise is that his love endures forever. And that his mercies are new every morning. And that he wants to invade our lives every day. And he's waiting with a cup of coffee for me at five in the morning to say, Gary, I'm waiting for you down here. Come join me before CJ wakes up. I love to get alone and be with the Lord. And I just open this book and I'm like, dude, did you hear that? And there's nobody there. I'm like, man, that was awesome. God, you just spoke to me. And this word came alive and it penetrated my heart. And I didn't want to leave that place. But I know I got to go back. I know I got to make record. I know my wife works. She's a nurse and she's got to get out the door at a certain time. And if I want my relationship with the Lord to grow, I got to make some sacrifices to be in his presence. Even though sometimes I feel like I'm stuck. I remember this in verse three. It says, and the Lord Verse 3, Lord, if you keep an account of iniquities, that's my sin. Lord, who could stand against you? Who could stand in this situation? I have, I read the message version of the Bible. Sometimes I like to just have a whole bunch of verses or chat or versions on my desk at one time. And I know you can do it on any of your copies, so I can just see it. I'll read this one, and I'll read this one, and I'll read this one together. But listen to the Message Bible. I'm going to read it real fast. It says this, hope, this is, 
So I'm going to start here in verse 1. It says, help God. The bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. This is hard right now. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, kept records of wrongdoings, of my sin, of all my list of wrongs, who could stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. And that's why you're worshiped. I pray to God, my life, a prayer and wait for what he says to do. My life on the line before God and my Lord waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning while Israel wait and watch for God. With God's arrival comes love. With God's arrival comes generosity and generous redemption. No doubt about it, he'll redeem Israel way back in the beginning when they have faith, when they have faith in his son, when they have faith in his son. We sometimes, we, we look at, a, as I was just talking at our youth the other couple weeks ago about love keeping a record of wrong. And when Trey was asking me some of those questions, he's like, so are you, I was joking, and I said, your mom likes to watch those bad movies at night. It's, it's you know, my bed, and I want to go to sleep. And he goes, well, shouldn't you, like, protect her? I was like, ooh, man, you got to kill me like that, you know? And I was trying to kill mom. I was trying to, like, pass it off on her. Well, and he goes, sometimes mom likes some scary movies. And you say there's some devil said, Trey, we can be legalistic and say we can't do all these things and miss it. And yes, we should be above reproach and we should set a standard like this, but we can never get to the standard because God is holy and we are not. And that's why we can stand in the muck and know there's nothing I can do. I can't jump out of here. I can't go over there. I'm stuck, but I can rest in his forgiveness. And that there's nothing I can do to get that forgiveness, but he freely gives it. And all I got to do is say, thank you, Jesus. And that's why Martin Luther wrote this song to say, wow, it is not about me. It's not what I've done, but grace was freely given to me in my sin. It was given to me. And I can, all I can do is taste his goodness. And if there's crap around us that's bogging us down, remember who we are in Christ. That we are more than conquerors through those who are in Christ Jesus. We have to remember he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. We have to remember that his good graces are good. And if we remember the precious promises, First Peter, Second Peter talk about, then we can have the dunamis power that he talks about in Christ and that these precious promises are ours. And he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And if we walk in that, no matter if we're stuck or not, we can remember his goodness. We can remember he is faithful and his love endures forever. On your own time, write down Psalms 136. You're going to see that he will say his love endures forever 4,000 times. Every verse he says it is my love endures forever. And so what I did in this Bible, I took a pink marker and I just went through every psalm and every time it said his love endures forever I highlighted it and it's a whole bunch of times 
And if we remember his precious promises, we're going to be in those situations where it's sticky and stuck and jacked up. And we can remember how good God is. And even I'm in this situation, and I don't know if the next wave is going to make me a little deeper and that I fall over, but he promises he will not give me more than I can take. He promised me when I'm struggling and you don't understand the financial issue I'm in. So memorize those words and the God's words where I remember when we were struggling financially that I can trust his word. His word in Philippians says, better think how it starts. It says, uh, I'm going to come back to it. It's not, it's not there. Uh, Philippians 4.19, it says, my God shall supply all my needs According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, my Lord, my God will provide every need for me. I have dyslexia, so I have to memorize God's word. Or I can't read it. You guys see me. So I'm like, what did it say again? Well, that's the. CJ tells me sometimes, Dad, it just says, duh, what are you doing? Not God, you know? And I'm like, okay, you know? But I have to train my mind to get in there. And so a lot of times I listen to God's word as I'm driving. It just, it's going. And as I hear this book, I let it wash over me. And God's word just continues to fill my mind. And yes, I was teasing. We can go watch an action. I love when we see someone get shot or, you know, see someone come in on a zip line and save the day. Those are kind of movies I like. But in the same hand, I just seen a movie that has been amazing. Someone help me on the time here. I got distracted. This is why I told you it was kind of off. I didn't really have a lot of notes. I need to be done when, Mason? 10.30? 10 minutes. All right. So this movie I just saw, it was amazing. It was called The Freedom of Bema or Burma. Or anybody know what I'm talking about? It was only in the movie theater for two days. It was about a missionary who went to Burma. Is that right? Is that a place? Okay, all right, so that place, and he was a missionary, he was a ranger, and he went to this place, and God really felt like he was calling the full-time mission, and he went to this place as a ranger, and he said, you know, God's given me the skills, I should teach, meanwhile, there's, there's all this going around him, and he has these people that he's like, you know, God's given me these talents and these abilities, I need to train these people to protect themselves and be ready for what comes against them, and took his little baby, his beautiful wife, and went to the palace. And he said, Lord, I need you to perform this miracle. And he started out this, this ministry that's now just ex- amazing. Anybody know who uh, Francis Chan is? He's actually getting, he's moving and going there to do that. That's amazing. This dude's ministry has exploded because, number one, he made this book become real. And he didn't have time to sit there when bullets are flying by to say, oh, yeah, I got to, what's that verse in John? I heard someone say, you got to put it here. I hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. His word says in Psalms 103 that it's a, a, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we just have to know that this word will be there. And if we know the promises of God, when we're stuck in the depths and we cry out, we can know is good because he doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. He doesn't hold those things against us. If you're married, raise your hand. Would you like it if your wife, every time you walked in the door, she goes, you did this and this and this last week. Would we like that? 
No, wives, do we want to do that sometimes? My wife does. But then she's like, I, I don't need to do that. I'll let the Holy Spirit kind of work in there. Same thing with our husbands. We can be like, you know what? If she would just love me more and respect me, you know, we, this wouldn't happen. You know? It's not just if. It's God calling us to love our wife just like he loved the church. The full complement. He gave himself up Not about what we get, we got to give ourselves back to him. Give it up. And if we're going to do what God's word tells us to do, then in the moments when we're stuck, we can recall his precious promises. And I can know if I'm honoring my wife, the scripture says my prayers will be hindered if I do not hold her to that place of honor and respect and cherish and love her, my prayers will be hindered. Maybe that's the reason my family is not growing spiritually because I am not being the leader God's called me to be and I'm not standing on the precious promises. If we're gonna see God do amazing things, it starts with us, not everybody else or the pastor doesn't do this good enough. They don't sing enough good songs. No, it's you and me in our alone time with God, that we're going to see things be explosive in those moments with me and God. I'm like, God, you remember that? You remember that one time? Shoot, this week, I was, I was at the Apple store. My phone broke and because uh, I jump around and get crazy. And, and it broke, and it was broke bad. You know, the back was all shattered out. It was like $10,000 phone. I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be expensive. Really, I took the cover off, and the back's all falling out. bucks but good thing I had insurance something would be like 100 bucks but phew, there goes you know anyway I'm sitting there from 2:30 to 7:30 this is a joke meanwhile the guy right here across right here from me he's just talking and talking and talking and he's basically talking to himself and he doesn't want to talk to God and he's just like this talk like thing all over he's like I didn't make any sense you know and he just just hear him, he's just talking about everybody in the place, and then he's talking to me like, did you see that person over there? He's got like, he's got brains falling out of his head, he doesn't even know what he's doing. Now he comes over here and he's going to try to help me. I know more than you, go get me somebody else. He's just talking out loud like that. And so really I'm like, dude, just shut up because you're annoying me, dude. Like, I'm getting sick of you and just, I'm going to play a game on my phone, you know. Meanwhile, I on my phone, zone this dude out, and then he's about to leave, and my wife shows up, and then I'm so scared to get rid of her. I've been here all day, and not once have I opened up an opportunity to share with this dude. I didn't have to tell him he's going to hell. Now, I didn't even say, what's your name, dude? He was right across the table from me. He talked to me, and I ignored him, answered his questions as quick as I could. But if I remember the precious promises of God, I would know that I'm commanded to go tell. I would remember, it doesn't matter how I feel. If I am a Christian, listen to this verse, 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. If you're a Christian, you need to walk like Jesus. And I know Jesus wouldn't do some of the things that I do 
forgive me, Lord. Those secret sins that we hide. Just maybe not as a sin. I just don't want to talk about it. I was annoyed with you. Someone else can tell them about Jesus, not me. And when the guy gets up and leaves, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thanks, Lord. I just desire three, four hours and not once did I say your name or how good you are. Because it's in the power of people's testimonies that people's lives are changed. I know the precious promises. I see God's hand, and I've seen it several times this week, and not once did I share with you. So I said, Lord, forgive me. If there's any way possible, rain down the storm, and I'll forgive. And I didn't say, everybody shut up. I'm going to pray in here. Everybody bow your heads. Just quietly, Lord, I screwed up really bad. Selfish. Ten minutes later, in walks Cheeseball. And he's like, Margaret, come here. I need help. My phone just broke again. And he's yelling across the store. You know, he's, I don't know. I just said Margaret because I saw it. But I guess I'm not there. Uh, and um, he's like, somebody just rang me. And that's the way I was feeling. Here comes loud mouth, you know. And I was like, oh, Lord, what did I just promise? I promise I'd go over there. All right, Lord, I know what I'm going to say. Just, and this is awesome. In Luke, it tells us if you don't know what to say, in that very moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. So, so Lord, here I go. Insert foot in my mouth. Just speak out of me because I'm an idiot. And I said, dude, what's your name, man? sat here with you for three hours, not once did I lose myself, and not once did I even share with you something that was personal that my life was changed. I didn't say anything. I'd love to buy you a coffee sometime. If you have time, it's like nine o'clock. I gave him my card, and he looked at it, he goes, you know you're a pastor, right? Dummy, you know, I'm thinking, I'm stuck. I didn't do anything. God, at the bottom of this verse, he says, I'm not done. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to come back and get them. God says, I cover it. And Isaiah, he says, I remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. I remove it no more. I don't keep a record of that. I just ask you in 1 John to confess those sins, and I am faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse it, get rid of it. I'm not perfect. I screw up all the time. My kids call me out. I'm like, Lord, I don't even want to go preach because I know I screwed up probably 5,000 times. John, are you sure you can't be there? Just get better real quick. But when I'm daily in this book, I see, I see how jacked up I am. And how much he is amazing. And that his love doesn't look at me and say, you didn't do this good enough, Jerry. You sure screwed up with CJ when you yelled at him yesterday. You sure didn't act like Jesus. God says, I forgive you. 
And in this passage, we can see several things. I want you to see this one. And I know this is a promise I want you to hear. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says this. So in my word that goes out of, from my mouth, it will not return empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out. If we are in this book and the word of God is washing over us, then when we speak the word of God, it will not return void, the passage says. It will not return empty. It will be fulfilled in all that it has its purpose for in their life, my life, and others' lives. Can we just be in here this morning? Are we remembering in the emptiness of the depths that we're in that we can't stand alone? We are grateful that he keeps no record of wrong, that our forgiveness is being poured out lavishly this laid out, he is a loyal lover. He loves us all the time. And if you look at that Psalms 136, you're going to see it over and throughout all the scripture, that his love endures forever. So it goes on to say in verse 5, because I'm, I'm talking too long. It says, I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. This is the book we're putting our hope in. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen in the morning. It talks about this twice. More than watchmen in the morning. I wait for the Lord. And he's talking about these towers. If you were imagining a city, before the sun comes up, they're ready to see if someone's going to come into the village and the town that doesn't need to belong there. And they're waiting and they're ready. Do we wait? And are we ready for what the Lord is going to give us? Because every morning he has something new for us. And are we on the tower saying, I'm, I'm ready. No one's going to come up in here and take my house. But instead, we just bow down and say, yeah, come on in. Sin. Nobody has to know about it. It's in secret. Come on in, sin. As I yell at my wife and tell her she should have did this and didn't do that. And What's wrong with you, stupid kid? watching for what the Lord is doing. And he's saying, remembering his promises. And he says, not just put your hope in the word. And then he comes in verse seven, put your hope in the Lord, me. It's amazing that he ties the word in Lord because he's talking about what's to come in Psalm 139. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have this, Jesus right here. And it can be living inside of we wait for Pastor John to share it. We wait for a Sunday school teacher to teach us. Shame on us. Shame on me. We need to be in this book to see his precious promises that he can speak to us. Remember, he's a loyal lover, and it ends up with this. For there is faithful love in the Lord. And he's waiting to have an abundance of fullness and redeem Israel all the way, get it back to where it needs to be. He wants to do that. We just need to see this one this morning. Let's bow our heads. Father God, you are good. I thank you that when we read this psalm, I had some other things written down, but I just was trusting that you were going to drive the train. You said whatever you needed to be said. Father, as I was up here, I was just being convicted of myself. 
Father, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. But let me just be honest, Lord, the, the flesh gets in the way. I want to be a better employer, job person, whatever it's called. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better neighbor. I want to be a better apple sitter at the apple store and not have to ask for forgiveness when I'm being a knucklehead. Father, I want to be aware of what you're doing around me in the midst You tell me to wait as you're stuck in the miry sand. Wait and trust and remember that I am faithful. Remember when you're in that situation that we can call on the name of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and that you will hear, you will rescue, and you will redeem to the fullest. That's enough just to preach right there, Lord. Man, Jesus wants to invade our lives and we would rather watch TV. Father, when I watched that movie of this missionary who gave his life, man, several times the bullets were flying right over his head and he said, I'm glad that they did that. Father, thank you. I pray that your word would resonate with all the hearts in this room. Have your way. As we take a moment of just self-reflection as you um, work in our hearts, I pray that they would take that time of just really asking business with you. If there's something you're doing in our hearts, Lord, may today be the day that we say, you know what, those secret sins are in the closet. Maybe the scripture says this, he who conceals his sin will not prosper. I don't need to hide those things any longer. Maybe I, I need to be the bold one and find someone to... Hold me accountable. Father, if you're stirring up in the people here, and I know you are, because, Father, you prepared the table. The table has been set, and the food is on the table. The problem is we haven't come hungry. We haven't come ready to receive what you have. So, Father, as you speak to the hearts, the only way that you can, I pray that you would do whatever God wants to do right now. And if people need to be obedient to come ask for prayer, if people need to be obedient, and come take communion, if people need to be obedient and just cry out to you right where they are, or fall on their knees and say, I am a wretched, disgusting sinner, and I am grateful for your marvelous grace, because only then am I more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a slave, but a child of the King. Maybe rejoice in that when we're gloomy and down and discouraged, help for us to remember the precious promise. Have your way, Lord Jesus.